Genesis chapter 25, verse 29. Let's go, Genesis 25, 29. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. All right, so we've got Isaac and Rebekah who got married. They tried for 20 years to have kids. They couldn't. They cried out to God. They got pregnant. I'm not sure how trusting they were along that 20-year period. I think they were trusting. And they, just knowing that God had promised them so much through Abraham and his descendants, and that's going coming through Isaac. And now they have twins. And the oldest one, you know, probably by a minute or two, you know, twins are always having fun. They're like, ah, oh, I'm the younger one. Ah, oh, I'm the older one. So the older one represents the flesh. The younger one represents the spirit. And Esau is the one who is older, representative of the flesh. Uh, and then we've got Jacob, who is the younger, who represents the spirit. We talked about Esau being this, like, all-American, outdoors guy, hunted. What a delicacy, because back then, probably like a lot of country, uh, cultures today, they pretty much eat the same thing almost all the time, if not every day. And so it's probably quite uh, interesting and fun and different to have the game that he would go out and eat or kill and probably that's why his father Isaac favored him but the mother Rebecca favored Jacob now Esau gets in from this hunt he came in from the field and says he is weary so was he like exhausted to the point of starving to death I don't think so was he afraid that he was going to starve to death I don't think so I think he was faint because he went out and he was hunting and that can make you tired just like if you were to go and run maybe a marathon or go walk a long way uh, when you're hunting if you've hunted before, which I have many times, and it gets tiring. But I don't think he's afraid of dying. I don't think he's afraid that he won't have enough money to get food or anything. Why? He's the son of Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham. Abraham had a lot of money, so therefore I think Isaac had a lot of wealth with money and, and servants and, and help and cattle and, and all sorts of stuff and I think the same is probably true of Isaac and I think that, uh, that they're not worried about wanting or starving to death much like uh, or unlike many people in the world today who literally don't know if their next meal is going to come or if they're not going to have enough food or their baby's not going to have enough food so I don't think that's the situation he's in I think he's just tired from hunting and you're about to see something very interesting in this interaction between them. So it says, Jacob cooked a stew. So Jacob is cooking. He's the mama's boy. He's, he's the, you know, represents the spirit. Probably liked to read. Probably went deep in conversations, etc. He's cooking. And maybe he liked to cook a lot when Esau came home with food. But he's just cooking. And I think all along, he knew and he wanted that birthright. He wanted to have that spiritual blessing. He wanted the descendants to come through him because they're going from Abraham through Isaac and now one of these children and God said beforehand right this is God ordained that it was going to be the younger one it's going to be Jacob and so I think Jacob is just waiting to take his shot to get to be to get that blessing and to become that first person with the birthright if you will even though in birth order he was not first and not entitled to it so back in that culture and some cultures today still the firstborn would get a double blessing. They would get a double financial blessing, and they would also be like the spiritual head of the household. 
and you would also have the birthright and that's what he's looking for here so if there's two of them and Abraham's wealthy and Isaac I think is wealthy then Jacob would end up getting twice or originally Esau would get twice as much as Jacob but Jacob is trying to get in there and get that and I think he reaches out and takes something instead of trusting God for his timing so he reaches out and grabs something something God still allows it I don't I'm not in favor of this and supporting it and saying this is behavior that we should model after I think there's a ton of lessons in here that we we can think about and learn from and so Esau said to Jacob please feed me with that same red stew for I am weary so remember we talked about red and the color red is representative of the flesh we know that Adam came from the dust of the earth God created him from that and breathed life into him and the dust is essentially red and therefore this is representative of that flesh and he's saying for I am weary therefore his name was called, called Edom so like many people in the Bible, you'll see these different names. Paul went, uh, Saul became Paul, Abram became Abraham, Sarai became Sarah, etc. And you're going to see later that Jacob becomes Israel. But here's another name for Esau, which is Edom, and that's where we hear the Edomites. And the Edomites were, uh, were at, uh, I guess you could say at war, but in opposition to Israel. They were a thorn in Israel's side for a really, really long time, so... It all starts right here. Verse 31, but Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. So, I mean, Jacob, just think about this. This is a meal. This isn't like food for life, right? This isn't like a pension plan or social security saying, hey, you give me this one thing and I'll give you this forever. He's literally saying, you give me your birthright and I'll give you this meal. Think about how much money that would be worth in today's dollar. Let's just say Abraham was worth a million dollars and Isaac inherited that so he's got a million dollars for example and two-thirds of that now would end up going to Jacob over Esau what if he was worth 10 million in today's dollars or 100 million I don't know it's it's a, it's a big number we know he was wealthy so think about how much he's giving up financially in this one transaction and how much he's giving up spiritually but it's showing us that we got to be careful not to focus on the flesh and too often you and I we focus on the flesh. So we have to be cognizant of that. We have to recognize that. And when we see ourselves doing that, we ought to pray right now that God would show us and have us turn from that fleshly desire, turn away from that, and turn to God. Because Satan wants us to go right after that flesh. He wants to tempt us, usually with the same thing, over and over and over. And we need God to step in and just help us, help us, and help us. We need to ask him to take away that desire, take away, you know, to be strong when that temptation comes, to recite verses, to walk away, to find a brother or sister in Christ, to have a pastor or a friend that you can call and help hold you accountable for whatever's drawing you away from the Spirit, from God, and to that flesh. And so here he is. He's like, sell me your birthright as of this day, and I'll give you this stew, right? He's taking advantage of the situation, but again, it's not like Esau's really going to die. He's just hungry, I'd say probably greedy, and what I would say all along is Esau just didn't care about this. He didn't care about the birthright. He didn't care about the blessings flowing from Abraham, Abraham through Isaac and then through him. I think he was just like, whatever, I don't care. Again, it's representative of the flesh. If we look around at people today, you can tell them to their blue in the face about Jesus or religious things or ask them what life means or what happens when we die. And there's so many people who are just like, I don't care, whatever. You know, do your thing, I'll do my thing. I'm going to go based on my feelings. 
And here, Esau is going based on his feelings. He's like, you know what? I feel like a hot meal. I'm going to give away anything I need. And I, maybe he didn't care about money, too, be in wealth, you know, because he would get the double inheritance of a portion of a financial inheritance. But maybe he's like, hey, I'm a guy's guy. Just live outdoors. Give me a spear or whatever he used back then, a rock, slingshot. Give me that and, you know, a, a, a fairly soft rock for a pillow, and I'm good. I don't know. But what a strange transaction that he's just like, yeah, I'll give you my birthright. Just give me some stew. So 32, and Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And when, when I look into this and you look at the, the words that are used here, I don't think it means I'm literally about to die. I think it just means like, you know, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dying of hunger, that type of deal. Not like I'm literally on my deathbed. Again, he, he's in a wealthy family. He's a hunter. He'd been out hunting. Uh, I don't think there's any reason why he hasn't eaten in such a long enough time that he's physically going to die. I think he's just hungry. And if you've ever done a fast before, you may find yourself sometime just saying, man, I'm, I'm going to break this fast for that you know, M&M that I see on the counter that my kid left there. It's in the corner on the floor over there, and I'm just going to ruin, <laughs> ruin the fast because I'm going to go after the M&M, something like that. But you're just he's battling, and, but maybe he just didn't care. Maybe he's like, I don't care about the finances. I don't care about the birthright. Uh, but again, it's representative of the flesh, and that's what we have to see through this story, the flesh versus the spirit because it's plaguing them. It's symbolic of the future, and it's symbolic of you and I right now. Every day we have to battle our own flesh. 33. Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So they had this transaction. They negotiated. Did Jacob take advantage of the situation? Maybe. Should Jacob not have done this? Probably. I, mean, I don't think it's the right thing to do when your brother's hungry or not in the right state of mind, perhaps, and makes this transaction. And yet he did it, and he wasn't waiting on God, but God still allowed it to happen. God is sovereign. God allows things, and he causes things, and how that all intersects and how it intersects with our free will, I don't know, but he'll explain when we get to heaven one day. We're not going to figure it out this side of heaven. I can promise you that. And... This is an oath, right? So it says, so he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. So they made this oath. And back then, like a lot of countries today, oath means something. In America, when my dad and my granddad, they would tell me stories. They say, son, no matter what you do, you make sure that your word is true. You stay true to your word. You shake a man's hand. You don't need a written contract. But if you get one, that's fine. But you shake a man's hand even without a contract, you're going to follow through on that no matter what it is. But in this culture back then, if you broke your oath, you're going to die literally going to be killed so it was very very important back then these oaths and here he can't take it back he gave away his entire birthright double the financial inheritance spiritual leader of the family when dad uh, who's isaac passes away and the birthright which is kind of the uh, the lineage of abraham through isaac and then now it's going to go through jacob and that is so important why because they were promised the messiah is going to come through them and now Esau has missed out on that. And Esau's descendants, the Edomites, miss out on all that. And they end up going to war with Jacob's descendants, which Jacob, of course, we'll see later, changes his name. Or God changes his name to Israel. And they're at war with Israel, um, battling in opposition, just a, a thorn in their side. 
So that's the whole transaction. And what we want to take away, our challenge is to think about something today or you know, that affected us earlier today or affects us later today that is our flesh battling the spirit. And I pray that each of us, myself included, would one, recognize that, and two, ask God to help us. Help us to live for the spirit things of this world, the godly things of this world, not for the fleshly things. Pray that God would help take away that desire so that we can conquer that so that God would get glory. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Help us to recognize when we have a fleshly desire. Help us to be convicted of it. Help us to walk away and give us the strength, Lord, because there's so many things that we just struggle with. Help us to pray. Help us to get on our knees. Help us to open the Bible. Help us to recite a verse. Help us to call someone at the church or in our community or our small group and just say, hey, can you pray for me on this? I'm battling this right now, Lord. We thank you so much. We give you all the glory in your amazing name. Amen. This podcast brought to you in part by the Portfolio Protection Store, where smart investors go to protect their life savings from stock market losses. Visit our website to register for our webinar, theportfolioprotectionstore.com. The webinar is about portfolio protection and safe money ideas for ages 50 plus. Visit theportfolioprotectionstore.com. Located in Austin, Texas, license number 288-7886.